what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. This episode of The Caregiver Community is sponsored by Pace at Home. During this uncertain time, Pace at Home is enrolling participants who wish to continue to remain at home. Partnering with families, Pace at Home provides caring medical support for all of our program's participants. Visit us on our website or give us a call at 828-468-3980 to talk with a representative that can discuss with you the Pace at Home all-inclusive medical approach. Pace at Home is the champion for seniors wishing to remain in their community. Welcome to the Caregiver Community. This is a place where we talk about the joys and the challenges of caring for our aging parents as well as caring for ourselves. I am Frances Hall, founder and executive director of ACAP, Adult Children of Aging Parents. In this podcast, we're talking about Pace at Home, a community model for all-inclusive care. AJ Curley, my interviewee, is the Director of Professional Relations at Pace at Home in Hickory, North Carolina. AJ has worked in various aspects of healthcare for her entire career, helping seniors and their caregivers access community resources, develop plans of care, and flourish in their chosen environments. She has been involved with PACE for seven years. Full transparency, PACE in Hickory is the sponsor for all of our ACAP podcasts, and we are extremely grateful to AJ and to PACE for their affirmation of the ACAP and support of our podcasts. AJ, we are delighted to have you here with us today. Thank Thanks. you, Francis. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks. Okay, so let's kind of start at the beginning. Tell us about PACE. How is it different from other adult day programs? Okay, so the PACE model uh, does have an adult day aspect to it. So different from adult day programs that are just adult day, that's, that's solely what they're offering. With the PACE model that was created decades ago, this model was intended to be an all-inclusive approach to medical, um, to providing medical needs to someone. So... That question is a very loaded question because we're different than adult day programs in many, many different ways. Because, again, the adult day program in our area, as I'm sure across the United States, when they reach the limitations of, of what they can provide for that, that person that's in their care on a day-to-day basis, they look for outside resources that can provide additional uh, services to that that person and that family, um, and a lot of times, especially the one in our area, reach out to us because you know we're adult day and then some, uh, and then a lot of some. Um, so with us being an all inclusive model, it's you know I don't like to use this um, cliche verbiage, but it's a one stop shop for those that need um, services to to help them stay at home in the community setting. Uh, versus moving into a nursing home. And that is literally everything that they need, head to toe, uh, social, mental, emotional, physical, and even sometimes spiritual aspects. So it's meant to be a model uh, that serves people where they are and and helps to make sure they're maintaining their quality of life in the community. So adult day is just a portion of what we do. And it's not... It's not on everybody's care plan to always be at the adult day center on a day-to-day basis. 
So, so PACE, as I understand, PACE not only people come and they do all kinds of activities, and we'll talk about those in a minute, but they also are able to get their medical care there. Is that correct? That is correct. We do have a medical clinic and medical staff. And and is when we're talking about all-inclusive care, and that's that's the model for PACE, this is nationwide, correct? This is not just just in the Hickory area. It's not uh, that, that you all are not the only ones, or it would not be unique for you all to have the medical piece as well as the other pieces. Correct. Uh, PACE, PACE as a whole, because every program is owned and operated differently, but PACE as a whole is in 32 different states across the United States. Um, hopefully that number will increase soon, as I think some states have opted to have one in their area. But, um, but yeah, every PACE model, the model is the same. No matter what they're called, if they're if they're following the PACE model for their program, it encompasses all the services that we're gonna we're gonna dive into a little bit later in this program. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I just want up front for people if they weren't aware of what PACE is, I wanted them to have a pretty good idea of what we are talking about because it truly is a wonderful program. So, so let's talk about some of the activities that you all that you all offer. What does a typical day look like for a participant, or is it sort of one of those? If you know one pace uh, participant, you know one pace participant. <laughs> yeah, I think you said it best right there. There's there's really no typical day. Um, there's no routine day for each of our participants. They're all on an individualized care plan. Uh, so we don't group certain diagnoses together and give them all the same thing. So when somebody asks me, what does a typical day look like or what does a typical participant in our program look like? There is not a typical person or a, a typical day. Um, everybody's day is different. Some people are coming to the center. Some people are staying in the home to have services go to them. So um, because amidst COVID, Every pace across the country, if they weren't already providing it or able to provide it, expanded their services to include a lot more home services versus always coming to the center. So the activities on a daily, uh, on a day-to-day basis, are not necessarily the same. Uh, not for the same, not for the, that person. They're not going to be same day to day per se, and then definitely not the same between participant to participant um, because. I don't know. I I don't think PACE would be as uh, effective and efficient if everybody was getting the same thing because everybody's medical situation is different and their home environment is different as well and who their care support is. So uh, the activities, you know, with being all inclusive, we could be taking a handful of people to outside specialty appointments, whereas somebody else needs to come into the center to see the primary care doctor or do therapy in the center. Um, and then somebody else might be doing a wellness program in the home. So it, there is no typical day and there's no typical participant at all across the United States. No, I don't think any PACE program could say there's anything as a typical day. You know, I have just learned something. I did not realize that PACE went to the home. I thought PACE that all participants came to you all and then activities were structured or whatever the need was. So, so you all even would take, am I understanding you all would even take your participants to doctor's doctor's appointments outside the PACE environment? 
Yes, ma'am. Uh, all pay programs provide that medical transportation that includes to and from their home to our center as needed, and then to and from specialty appointments out in the community. So, I mean, yeah, literally, when we say all inclusive, that includes that medical transportation piece. And although, you know, as I said before, we are providing home services, you know, we still need to have a face to face with a provider at least once a month. So we do, you know, do try to bring them into the center for that. So they may not have to come as consistently and as more uh, as frequent as they were pre-COVID. Um, so most people are staying home more so and getting services versus always coming to the center. And we do all that transport. So, but but you're saying that once a month, each participant would actually see their doctor, see a doctor the doctor that is there, at least the doctor who is there on on site with PACE. Yes, they, they have to have their provider check-ins. They're assigned a provider when they're enrolled, and they need to make sure that we are doing face-to-faces with them um, at least once a month uh, from that realm. And sometimes, I mean, sometimes the provider is going to the house, uh, depending upon the situation, but most of the time we're bringing them into the center for that face-to-face. And that literally you go pick them up at their home, bring them to the pay center, and then take them back home, correct? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So people, that, people that are brought to the center, some are, are scheduled to stay all day per their care plan, and then some are just brought for their appointments, whether it be with therapy um, or the clinic or whatever's going on with them medically, and then they're taken, taken home. I mean, which is the great thing about PACE programs. You get to go home at night. Right, right, right. And as I remember you all also, and again, I don't know if this is unique to you or or nationwide, but you all also have like occupational therapy, physical therapy, those kinds of allied health services also, correct? Yes, we do. We have a full therapy staff in our department with, like you were saying, occupational speech and physical therapy. And then, of course, if somebody's not on a therapy program or does not require a therapy program, we want to roll them over to a wellness program. So our therapy department's really good at keeping people moving. So, and I'm sure that's the same across the United States. Therapy, the biggest key to taking care of someone, taking care of someone like the type of person we're taking care of is to keep them moving and engaged and active. So that's what our therapy department's really good at. And, and so, so with those therapies, would they always be one-on-one or would there be structured, like structured exercise or structured programs that are keeping people moving? You know, yes, Right, right. Yes, we do do the individual one-to-one, but then there are group opportunities, whether it's a balance class or a chair yoga class and and other classes that they do. Sometimes those are done in our day center part, and then sometimes they're done in the therapy department, like the one-on-one. And then sometimes that's taken home to somebody that needs more one-on-one in the home versus coming into the center. So yeah, we can... Therapy department is very good at accommodating the needs of the of, of people within our program as a group or as individual. And again, what we are talking about is not just unique to your site, but rather this is how it this is how it works with all thirty two states sites. Right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay. 
Okay. Talk a little about some of the other activities that if someone is coming to the day program, what kinds of things might they be involved with? Well, if somebody comes to the day center of a PACE program, um, you're going to have access uh, to activities that are presented that day. You know, obviously, I would I would venture a guess to say all PACE programs have several bingo opportunities throughout the week. Uh, so uh, things like that or entertainment coming in. Um, whether it be volunteers or a school maybe may come in to share some, uh, some music or some sort of talent that they have. Um, so there's a lot of, of room for engagement when somebody is, is scheduled for the day center because you've got access to that entertainment, uh, to those activities, whether it be a big game of, of Jenga or Scrabble or, or like bingo, like I mentioned, or um, I've seen and heard of people doing um, Patriot axe throwing, not, not with anything crazy, but more rubber type stuff. But um, depart- departments across the United States have been very creative to be able to provide numerous activities. So if you go to any website of a PACE program, they're going to have numerous activities on their calendars uh, to to engage each individual participant at their level too. So even though everybody's participating maybe in the same activity at a PACE program, um, they make sure that it's it's accessible and easy to be a part of uh, as on different levels of their medical care. Because again, not everybody is on the same level with their condition. So, but across the um, United States. Um, numerous things on the activity board, at, whether it's music or whether it's hands-on crafts or whether it's the exercise, because activities and recreational therapy works very closely with therapy departments in PACE programs and um, because they, they can do activities together, both to exercise and engage someone throughout the day. So there, there's a lot of things, and day-to-day those activities will change. It's not the same activities every day. Um, and the outside entertainment that comes into every PACE program is also going to be different based on the community and who is able to come in and volunteer their time. AJ, who typically comes? What, what kind of person comes to PACE? Is this specifically for older adults? And is there sort of an age, an, an age span? How does that work? Yes, there are uh, criteria to come to the program, and one of which is age. Uh, you have to be at least 55. Uh, you have to need a nursing home level of care, and that is determined ultimately by the state. Um, and then you have to be safe to live in the community with PACE program interventions. So they may not be safe when they initially call and inquire about our program, but if our care plan and the interventions a PACE program puts put services into place to make them safer, the state will, will sign off on that. Um, so it, it's it's good that we're able to develop care plans before they even start so that we can see if our care plan is going to make them safer. And then the fourth criteria is they just have to live within a PACE program service area. And we are all given a zip code service areas, which means we don't necessarily have all zip codes of a county. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So, so with getting, meeting the criteria, 
is that that the the person or the family walks in and says, here I am, I want to sign up. Do you have to have a medical referral? How does that piece work? Well, actually, we do have people that walk in and inquire about who we are and if that can be a solution, if we could be or a PACE program in another state could be a solution for them. Um, it's, it's interesting how many times, sometimes they drop in like that. Um, most of the time we get inquiries from people who have heard about us from their medical provider or, um, somebody in the community, whether it be a church, whether it be a senior center, whether it be an area agency on aging in their area, uh, referrals come from everywhere, uh, across the state. Um, and as far as a doctor referral, that is not required. We do, they do not need a doctor to sign off on whether or not PACE is appropriate. So anybody, I mean, somebody's neighbor could call and say, I'm calling on behalf of my neighbor, and I think they need PACE. So it doesn't have to be um, a medical referral. Gotcha. Do I remember, and this is coming from a long time ago of looking at PACE, do I remember, though, that when someone becomes part of PACE, then they no longer need to be in contact with their primary care physician, that the PACE physician becomes the primary care uh, physician, that the specialists still would be on board, but that, but that all of that becomes transferred to the PACE physician. Is that correct? That is correct. Part of our regulations for PACE programs is the primary care does roll over to us. Um, and the specialist, more than likely, uh, with PACE programs across the United States, they have a network. Each one of them has their network of specialty providers and hospital systems, uh, just like we do. So if, if that specialist that they have that they're coming in with is in our network, it's a, it's, a, it's a given they're going to be able to keep that specialist. If for some reason they do not have uh, a specialist in our network, all PACE programs are going to go talk to that provider to see if they will become a part of the, of, of the network that, that PACE has, which I think is true with um, a lot of insurance companies uh, outside of PACE um, looking to see if they can get new partnerships with providers, right, to become in-network. So same type of thing here. We, we will pursue those out of network, I guess you could say, to roll them over to in-network providers if they're willing to do that. Gotcha. Gotcha. But, but what a luxury to be able to see a physician every month. There aren't a whole lot of people who can get with their primary care physician for just a check every month. So, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Is there anything else that we should know about just the participation and how you get there and who PACE serves? Is there anything else about that before we get into some other questions? Well, I would say this. I mean, the, like I said, the model of PACE was created to keep people at home, right, with their families. So PACEs across the United States want to partner with families in order to do that successfully, right? So we want to work with families, see what is, has prompted the call and the inquiry, and then how can we help, you know, alleviate some stress for that primary caregiver or caregivers? And how can we make the situation better for everybody? So one of the things I would say that people need to know about PACE, it's, it's a team approach, but part of that team is that family 
that that participant is going to have. And it, and they're always included. We, I mean, we call them participants because they need to participate in their care plan. And that includes their care support outside of us. So it's very important for people to understand that it is a partnership and we want what's best for their loved one, just like they do. And we want to work well together. That's a really good point. You know, I, I, I have heard about and certainly have talked about person-centered care. And this is like, the the epitome of that and yes. it's and it's yeah. not just person centered it really is family centered care yes ma'am yeah. yes ma'am and, and and so part of that also is a dietary component because many of your participants who actually come to the day center would be there during a meal time Right. Yes, we do have a registered dietitian and nutritionist, just like every other program across the United States. And um, they manage and help, you know, help with the care plan. Part of the care plans that they facilitate is that dietary need. And not everybody's the same with that either. So um, I know our RDN manages a lot of, of meal plans, just like a, a RDN at any other program. And RDN is a registered dietary, registered dietitian nutritionist. Thank you. I, I, I was close. I couldn't get the exact. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so each of the PACE centers would have not only a physician, not only the allied health of OT, PT, speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy, but also would have a registered dietitian nutritionist on your on your staff on your team that is correct good to know i i really thought that i knew a lot about pace i'm learning so much this is amazing this is amazing. okay so so let's talk about dollars how does this work how you know what is the cost how do people pay for it talk about that please well, I would say across the states, um, it is probably uniform that majority of the individuals enrolled in a PACE program are Medicare and Medicaid eligible. Um, and what that means is, I mean, obviously they're age appropriate for Medicare, most of them. Uh, and the Medicaid part is long-term care Medicaid. Okay, so it's the same type of Medicaid someone would use to move into a long-term care setting. The finances are a little different uh, as far as their income, but um, those are the only two insurances that pay for our program. So, so if somebody's coming to us with a Medicare replacement plan or a supplement or something like that, we we can't use those. We don't we don't need a supplement, and we we have to roll them back over to traditional Medicare uh, in order to move forward with coming into the program. Um, as far as payment goes, um, if if you got both of the insurances or if you've just got Medicaid, the payment liability monthly comes down to the income per month that somebody makes. And state to state, it's different. Uh, the formulary is a little different. So for us, it, you know, there's a minimum, uh, excuse me, a maximum set that a person could keep, just like it is with every other state, but it may be a different amount for each state. So I'm not going to, you know, say what ours is specifically, but, um, but if they make over that amount, and I'm just going to give a hypothetical here, say that the maximum income per month they can keep, now, this is a person that has both of the insurances or just has the Medicaid piece. Um, if somebody um, doesn't, or excuse me, if somebody makes over, let's say, $1,100, uh, 
let's say that's the maximum, right, per month. If somebody makes over that and say they make 1200 the only thing they're responsible for to us per month per the state would be the overage. So this person that makes 1200 minus the 1100 maximum would only be responsible to us for $100 a month for the entire program. Wow. And again, that's a hypothetical number because every state's going to be different based on their Medicaid rules um, and their formularies. But yeah, that's, that's for everything. So, I mean, and most people that are duly eligible are paying little to nothing for our program. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a wow moment for me. And that's a, a lot of the reason I've been here for seven years is because not just the mission of the program, but just to see people that may be missing a service in the community by a few dollars, uh, that doesn't happen with PACE. You know, our insurance and the way it works with Medicaid and Medicare, it's not based on the income to qualify you. The income is the decision on what you will pay. So, and with somebody, let's just go with the $1,100 that's just making $100 over and only going to have to pay a PACE program $100 a month. That includes their medicines, their transportation to appointments, their therapies, the adult day, if they attend that at all. I mean, assistive devices in the home, other medical equipment, hospital stay, if they have to go to the hospital. It's a phenomenal program that people are paying little, you know, little to nothing for compared to what they would have to pay for their services out in the community. That is phenomenal. Okay, so, so let me make sure I understand. Okay. So if someone has Medicare and Medicaid or just Medicaid, then probably they really are going to pay nothing for all of PACE services unless their monthly income is over that, that maximum that is allowed. And then they're only going to pay, and then they only are going to pay that the difference in that. Correct. Okay. So basically, what happens then is that Medicaid and Medicare are functioning as health insurance, like instead of going to the doctor and saying, "Here's my Medicare card" or "Here's my Medicaid card." that basically all of that comes to you, that any any cost for your services, you're going to bill to Medicare or Medicaid. No. No, once they roll, they come, may, they come to us with those insurances, but once they start our program the first of the month, that's the, the start date for everybody is the first of the month. They can't start in between in the month. Um, they get a, whatever that PACE program is called, they get a PACE, like for us, it's PACE at home insurance card. So if they're at like the Charlotte Pace, they're going to get a Pace insurance card that's with their name um, and so on and so forth across the United States. Because we're owned and operated independently, the people that we are seeing, if they have any services in the community or wherever, that is going to come to us. Those, those bills will come to us. They will no longer get explanation of benefits from Medicare and Medicaid. They all come to us to pay. Right. Okay. Yeah. So then 
when you all, when they take their card, instead of Medicare or Medicaid card, they go to a specialist, for example, they're going to give their PACE card. So then that specialist is going to build the PACE, the PACE organization in that area. And then you all, PACE is going to be paid in order for you to pay those service for that specialist, you're going to be, in essence, getting the money from Medicare or Medicaid. Correct. Correct. We actually don't get it after the service. We get a capitated once a month payment per participant per month um, based on initially the, the medical form that we submit prior to enrollment. So it's a monthly capitated. It's not fee for service like, you know, you and I go to the doctor. There's a line item for everything, right, for that visit. They're not paying us based on that. It's at the beginning of the month, whatever that capitated rate is from each of them, if they have both insurances. Um, And then we're responsible for taking care of their needs throughout the month because Medicare and or Medicaid does not have any idea what's going to transpire with that person each month. So it's up to our team inside to make um, decisions based on their care plan and needs that they have in order to continue to live in the community. So it's not like we can go back and ask for more more money, per se. We get that capitated reimbursement and utilize that in the best way for that person. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So would there ever be, and I may be putting you on the spot a little bit on this, uh, would there ever be a time that one of your participants has used more than what you are allocated, the, the dollars that come in to you all for that person? And so you would say, sorry, but we're not going to be able to, to provide that service for you. It, it happens more than you think, and our PACE program is a nonprofit. There are quite a few nonprofit PACE programs across the United States, so we take full financial risk. Um, so if at the end of the month, per se, their bucket of money is empty and they need something to continue to thrive and maintain their baseline, we call it, um, we're going to provide that service, whether they have the money that was allocated, as you, as you called it, or not. Gotcha. Gotcha. This is all really, really good. Okay. So if somebody is listening to this or viewing this and goes, oh my word, I need to know more about this, either for myself or for a loved one, how would they find out about their pace, regardless of where they are? How would they find out if there is a pace in their area and how to connect with them? Okay, great question, and I was hoping you would ask that because uh, what they would need to do is the National Pace Association has a website. Uh, You just go to that National Pace Association uh, and Google it, I guess you could say, and it has a section that you can enter in your zip code to see if there is a pace in your area. And then it will give you the contact information to reach out directly to them and talk to them about your family situation. And I did, I did that uh, before, you know, as we were talking about doing this podcast. And I think that I just Googled pay program and, you know, came up with the website, right. but found it very, very easy to, to navigate because, yeah, there's a, a box that you just put in your zip code and it will, it will bring up to you 
um, the pace in your area or some way I even found very easily found a list of all paces in the entire country. And I was very surprised that there were as many as there are. Yeah, I, yeah, it's it's great. It's it's unfortunate at this time that not every state has one, but that I think that will continue to change as we move forward and the success of other PACE programs across the United States continues to happen and continues to help people that want to stay at home, I think we will see continued growth with PACE programs. I would certainly hope so. I would certainly hope so. So, so one final question then, okay, I, it could I, because I have Medicare, um, if I, at this point, because I don't need long-term care, then I would not be eligible for PACE. But if I moved to an area, health-wise, if I moved to an area that I needed, that the choices really were, that I needed long-term care at that point, then that's when I would look to PACE and go, can I can I utilize your services? Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. What I always say, um, and other PACE programs across the United States are saying the same thing, we would rather you call us early to get all the information and knowledge about what a PACE Post, uh, excuse me, PACE program can do for your situation or your loved one's situation before you need it. Because I think a lot of times what's happening with the calls we're getting as, as a PACE program as a whole is people are closer to in crisis moments. And um, each state regulation is different, is different as far as um, the admission process and it's not a, necessarily a quick admission. So if, if somebody is calling us earlier in their healthcare journey to just inquire, maybe they don't really need us, but just want to see and plan for the future, I would encourage that versus waiting till you believe you're at that moment. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, and that's sort of ACAP's mantra is you want to get the information before you're in that crisis point. And, and when I heard you say that admissions, and I'm assuming this is, again, across the nation, that admissions are at the first of the month, then, yeah, that can make a lot of difference if you are at the first of the month, you're trying to figure out what are my options, where do I go, and how do we do this? Yeah, so I, I echo, get the information before you need it. Right. Yeah, I think it'll save a, a lot of stress and a lot of um, time if you if you'll get ahead of it versus being reactive. And and really stress for everybody's sake, for the person's sake, as well, the loved one's sake, as well as whoever may be the point person in that care. That is, that yeah. is correct because. PACE programs across the, again, across the United States are talking not just to, to the potential person that may need a PACE uh, program to help them, but they're talking to those caregivers that are, that are the adult children or that are the adult grandchildren that are taking care of them too. So we're talking to everybody to be more proactive in learning what that long-term plan, long-term care plan could be for your, for your person that you are, are loving and want to keep at home. So. Right, right, right. And dementia, can you all 
you you all have have participants who are dealing with dementia also yes we do and all post pace programs have that um I don't. I, I would believe there's not a PACE program that doesn't have a handful or more of people with a diagnosis of dementia. Um, I would say for most, you probably have a handful of moderate to severe PACE uh, demented individuals, but we have a lot of cognitively impaired people throughout the programs across the state that aren't necessarily to the point of needing somebody every second. But the, another good thing about PACE is we can help families navigate that journey from mild diagnosis to the severe end of that journey, too. So PACE programs are built to be able to navigate that entire process. Wow. This is really good information. AJ, thank you so much. Is there anything else that we haven't covered? I feel like we've covered a whole lot, but is there anything else that people need to know? Um, wow, we have covered a lot. Uh, so I don't, I'm sure when we stop talking, I will say we forgot to talk about this. But I would just, like, like I said before, encourage those caregivers uh, that are listening right now um, to inquire. Look, look at that website, that National Pace Association website. Just check, first and foremost, is there a PACE program in the area? Um, and then reach out. Because you, you, you never know if your situation, even though you don't feel that it's appropriate for patient, that person on the other end of the line is going, you know what, we could help you with this and we could help you with this. Because sometimes families are calling PACE programs and they're only calling for one need, right? Home care or just want to get right. her med, his or her meds right. But as they go through that situation and list some things that they're doing on a day-to-day, they find out PACE programs can help with all kinds of stuff. So I guess the, the last thing would be just to encourage those adult children who are caring for somebody um, to reach out. Just just get some information and see if it is time, even if you don't think it's time, and see what a PACE program can do for your family. That is such good insight and and. And, and information and guidance. Thank you. Thank you, AJ, so much for doing this with us. Um, this has really been great. And again, to, to find out about PACE, the PACE program or a PACE program in your area, simply Google PACE programs, P-A-C-E. Um, and tell us again what PACE stands for. Program of All-Inclusive Care for the Elderly. Gotcha. So, so check their, their website out and get information that on top of this. Thank you to AJ. Thank you to you, our listeners. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you and that you will share it with others that you think may benefit. The, this program is part of the Mesh Network of online shows and podcasts. You may find more of our caregiver podcasts at any platforms where you listen to podcasts. You will also find our podcast, of course, on our website, www.acapcommunity.org. While you're on our site, we hope that you will take a look at all the programs that that ACAP offers, both in person as well as online. Um, learn, Learn about all of our programs and our chapters. We are growing. We are now in three states, not 32 like PACE. We're not quite as old as Pace. Uh, we are in three states and continuing to grow. So we may be coming to your area soon. 
And if there are other topics that you would like for us to address as a podcast or a blog, please do let us know. And again, we thank not only AJ for being here, but also Pace at Home in Hickory, North Carolina, um, the sponsor for all of our podcasts. So we are truly grateful. What we do so often in ACAP, regardless of our age, background, education, career, or anything else, when it's our mother, our father, our loved one who needs the care, caring for and advocating for that person becomes very personal and extremely important and urgent. Please care well for your loved one, but also remember to take care of you. Bye for now. Stay well. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.